afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to CEC here at Impact Gospel Ministries, where each week we try to bring you meaningful, challenging content to help you grow and improve in your faith and walk with God. I'm one of your hosts, Gavin, and here's Pastor Riley with me, and we are glad that you chose to join us this evening. I think we had a great first week last week, don't you? Yes, yes, I believe so. <laughs> if you're just joining us, we are in the middle of a series called The Power of a Transformed Mind, adapted from a study from a book by Bill Johnson. That's going to help us stretch our thinking and examine how we think about God. So last week we talked about a lot of good stuff. If you missed it, please go ahead and click on the videos from the previous week. You can find it on our podcasts or on our Facebook page right here. But instead of just jumping right into week two content, I think it'd be good for all of us if maybe we just take a step back, review the week one content, and maybe have some more discussion about some of those concepts. Because if you've never heard some of those things before, or have never thought about some of those things before, they are definitely really challenging concepts. And so we don't want to skip over them. We want to spend some time and flesh those things out. And so, uh, would you like to open us up in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Please join us in prayer out there. Heavenly Father, we bless your name this evening. Truly, you are wonderful and most awesome. And God, we love that we are able to dig in your words and God to talk to you and have your spirit, Lord, reign in our hearts and direct our path according to your will that we may walk in your way. Bless every heart that has tuned in this evening. Father, may we receive from you, O oh God, all the good stuff that is there for us. Hope no understanding, Father, that we may be able to grasp, learn, and grow. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, we're going to go over back, uh, back over some of the week one content, and so... If you're joining us for the first time, this works well for you. For those of you who listened last week, it'll be a good review. So the first thing I think we need to look at is uh, the first concept was why do we even need to study the way we think? What, what point, what benefit is there if we do that? And we looked at Romans 8.11. Pastor Riley, if you would like to read Romans 8.11 and remind us of what was going on. Absolutely. I'm reading the NLT. And it reads like this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ, from, Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Amen. Amen. So, if Romans 8.11 is really true, if we really believe that, then we have to conclude that powerless Christianity is inexcusable and unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And so, what we need to do is start to rethink what is are normal because often our current normal doesn't match what was Jesus's normal back in the day. So that's the first concept. Powerless Christianity is inexcusable, unacceptable. The second concept we talked about 
And then this was a little bit harder. God's will is that wherever we go and whenever we go and whatever we do, is that we would preach and demonstrate the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And our scriptural basis for that was Matthew 10, 7 to 8. This man will try to find it. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. Yes, there is a lot of scripture. We're backing everything up with the word of God. Okay, we are in then. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. Okay, here we go. From the NLT again. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Amen. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Craziness to think, but this is what Jesus said to his disciples. He sent them out and said, as freely as you received, freely give. And, you know, it's not just for the disciples, but also for us. That's right. And our job is to show that there is... It's going to be on earth as it is in heaven. It was something Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. So point two, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, demonstrate God's kingdom. Right. Point three was that we are commanded to renew our minds. And we all know that scripture, Romans 12, 2. Pastor, can I put you on the spot? Do you think you can recite that one? <laughs> <laughs> We all know roughly what it says. You par- Go ahead and paraphrase. I can't even remember. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. something to the effect of be transformed by a renewing of your mind, uh, by changing the way you think. That's right. And so it was something that, uh, you know, that was written for our learning and that we are commanded to be conscious of. We have to work on renewing our mind, mm-hmm. thinking better, so that we can learn and prove what is the good will of God. That's right. And then the last one, and then we're going to get into some good conversation here, was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is more than just asking for our sins. It's changing completely how you see things. Mm -hmm. And our scripture for that is Matthew 4, 17. Matthew 4, 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Mm-hmm. And so this concept was talking about how often we, yes, we do repent of our sins. We ask forgiveness and we repent that way. But then we never really move from that to other things. Mm-hmm. As we're going to discuss here, repent when he was talking about that really included this concept of changing your mind, not just apologizing for doing wrong. And then it has to do with how much heaven do we really experience now as opposed to later. So a lot of, a lot of concepts. I think it's very good that we take this time to pause and discuss further and, uh, and flesh these things out. So I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to ask me some questions and we're just going to, You can give a point of view or your point of view. And we're just going to look at all the different sides of these issues and uh, really flesh this out, especially there are some people who've never thought about this before. And even if you have, these are good reminding points. So 
My first question to you, and again, this could be a triggering question, but we're going to ex explore both sides of the issue. What is God like to you? Is he a loving father or is he a righteous judge? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, those of you who are watching right now as well, you know, think about it for a second. To you, is God the loving father or is he the righteous judge? Let's have a conversation about this. You see, uh, maybe just before I come to accept him, he was like the righteous judge to me. So I'm thinking once I understood that, man, the state I was in, mm. you know, God is not going to like that. And so... <laughs> For me, it's the righteous judge. He knew every little corner I've been, every dark night I've traveled, every mm -hmm. little mischief I have pulled. Right. Right. And so I know that things were not up to where he would want me to be. Mm -hmm. And so if I met him, he's going to draw me up for these things. Right. Know? Right. But when, now that I come to know him, uh, to me, he's more as a loving father because every every trouble I have, I take to him. I, I am happy to spend time with him, communing with him. So maybe for most people, depending on how we perceive our lives to be mm. and how he sees us might be the way whether we see him as the righteous judge or the loving father. You know, that was a very diplomatic but excellent answer, I would say. I think, I think you're right. We, we're presented with two sides of God in the scriptures, but mm -hmm. um, sometimes we focus on more on one or the other. And like you said, it has a lot to do with how we see ourselves. That's right. And I think some of the other things we're going to be discussing, if you are too focused on one or the other, it actually will affect how you see everything else. True, true. If we think too much of God is just the righteous judge, then we will be less inclined to believe that he wants to give good gifts okay. or that he, he loves us so much that he would do things for us. Right. On the other hand, if we focus exclusively or too much on God as loving father, uh, we probably won't believe some of the things we talk about, like there is a penalty for sin mm -hmm. and that he has commanded us to live a certain way, to, to obey and live in a way that is honoring to him, you know, it'll skew how we view everything else. So I think this is one of the important questions to look at for ourselves. True, true. And if I, if, if I add to that, mm -hmm. even for us who believe the way we see him, we tend to uh, share him in the same way. So if Ooh. we see him, if we see him as the righteous judge, mm -hmm. so when we, when we share him with, with someone else, we are telling them, you better change your ways, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. we, are, we are bringing judgment on them because God is not happy with you. Yeah. But if we see him as a loving father, it is more enticing we approach it. You know, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who cares for you. And oftentimes it might determine how we get to that one. Because some might be more susceptible or more accepting of a loving father mm -hmm. that really wants to pull me in, nurture me, 
you know, and bring me up in the way he wants me to be. Or if it's someone that's ready to pour the fire and the brimstone at me, then it's like, okay, you know, I am already this bad. <laughs> you know, what, what else can I do? So I, I believe it's important that we see him in the, in the best light and the balance so we can present him as such. I think that's a fantastic point. You will present him as you see him. Mm-hmm. I think some of us need to check and examine how we see him before we try to tell others. That's <laughs> a very, very good true, point. True, true. We don't want to mess it up. I, <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent him. That's very right. true. I think that's a good point. So that leads really nicely to the second question. Mm. Uh, this is from this page of the book here. So why do you think that demonstrating the kingdom so through miracles such as healing, deliverance, the things that Jesus was talking about, mm-hmm. why do you think that demonstrating the kingdom in that way is such an effective way of showing the world what God is like? Oh. Jesus himself had said that these signs would follow them that believe. Mm-hmm. In other words, this is what the world can see in you when you are walking with me. They will see you heal the sick. They will see you cast out demons. Right. Right. And so it's like a confirmation, you know, that we are walking with God. So when 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 the world sees this, mm-hmm. even though we say, you know, yes, we are Christians, when they see this, it's like it's a stamp. If they know or if they are seen, you lay hands on the sick and they heal. When they are sick, who will they go to? Because they have seen it done in you. Right? And so the demonstration of it, because we talk about Christ actually living in our lives. Right. Right? So if he's living in us, the same things he was doing when he was walking this earth, you know, healing the sick and doing all of that. Now He's inside of us, working through us to do the same things and even greater, he said in his word. So demonstrating is very important. It's like a verification. That's right. That's right. You can, you can say all you want. Mm-hmm. But isn't those wise people out there say, action speaks louder than <laughs> words? Always, always, always. Oh. I believe that wholeheartedly. Amen. And not just in kingdom things. Whether it's demonstrating your love for someone, whether it's, you know, saying you're going to do something, but you don't actually do it. Yeah. Actions always speak louder than your words. Amen. Amen. It's really easy to talk. That's right. <laughs> or somebody says, you got to walk the talk, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, back it up. Back it up. Yeah, it's true. So I think we spend... Typically, in the Western world, Christians have spent too much time talking mm-hmm. and not enough time not enough time walking it out, not enough time backing it up, or even holding each other accountable to back it up, back up our words. Here is this one. <laughs> Jesus, the master himself said, mm-hmm. let your light shine. Let your light shine. Mm-hmm. In other words... For it to shine, it will shine such that 
others looking can see your light. Mm -hmm. So it is not what you say they're seeing. They will hear what you say, but they will see what you do. You're a wise one, you know. Amen. <laughs> I, I'm feeling wise this evening. I'm feeling wise this evening. Okay, then I think we only need really one more question. And again, this one's maybe even more controversial. Mm. But this idea, someone said, that Christians often repent enough to be forgiven, but don't repent enough to see the kingdom of heaven. Repent enough to be forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom of heaven. And of course, this is related to the fourth concept of week one, that repentance is more than just asking for forgiveness, but also changing the way you think. How do you feel about that statement? Just to start off with. Well, to, to draw back on my vast experience, uh, in my growing up, I heard somebody talk about paying penance. Okay. Penance. So in other words, you can't just ask forgiveness. There's something you got to do depending on the severity of what the sin is. Mm -hmm. And in some form, they, they used to monetize it, you know, it's so much. Mm -hmm. And this, this will help. And I believe that has filtered in even in modern day Christians. Because even in our lives, uh, for us who say, he, he will forgive you. But we can, when, when we feel that guilt, mm -hmm. we then, we go, Father, I have sinned. Forgive me. <laughs> right. Right? And we get up believing that, mm -hmm. but we still put ourselves, punish ourselves through it. We've got mm -hmm. to pay penance. Right? So, Father, because I've done this, I'm going to make sure I don't miss another Sunday to go to church for a whole year. It's easy to fall into that. That's right. Mm. That's like penance. You know, Father, because I have done this, I'm going to make sure I pray three times a day. I'm going to fast <laughs> penance. But all he says, you know, repent. And it's, it's as simple as being sorry for it and asking God for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So then, then uh, that, that double standard of it, Mm -hmm. That double standard of it is that it can't be that simple. <laughs> exactly. And because, because we push ourselves to more, then we do the same thing to others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, what, what, do you, what do you mean you lied and you asked for forgiveness? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, a terrible sin, so you need to really pay for it. You can't be up there justifying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, oh my, oh my. <laughs> Do I dare touch that one? Mm, we'll, we'll leave it for now. But it's That's a good point. It really right. is. That's right. I think when we look at the root word of repent, like you said, you know, saying, sorry, saying you're sorry, moving on, it's definitely part of it. But like you're also saying, some of us really overemphasize it. Mm -hmm. Whereas there is a little bit of a bigger picture that Jesus was talking about. When repent also means, you know, change the way you think. Mm -hmm. So when he's talking about, okay, so the kingdom of heaven is here. Mm -hmm. So change the way you're thinking about life. 
then it's a challenge to us because we all have, especially if you're above a certain age, you know, okay, this is life. This is how life works. This is what normal is. Right. And, you know, we become very conditioned to that. If you're sick, um, you need to go to the doctor to get medication to make it better. Unless it's something very minor, then just let it run its course. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if someone is is close to death, you you hope the doctor's able to do something. But, you know, if they're not able to, then they die. That's it. You know, this is the normal course of life. Right. But then Jesus is challenging us and saying, well, now the kingdom Mm -hmm. of heaven is coming close to you. So what is your normal actually needs to change. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging us. I mean, that statement that says none of us, enough of us have repented to see the kingdom. Maybe a lot of us haven't changed our mind, like left it open to understand, okay, with the kingdom, the possibilities are different. Mm-hmm. The normal is different. You know, I think where I would have one normal response in the secular kingdom, secular world, right. there might be another or different response, different normal in the kingdom of God and it's a really challenging thing to wrap your mind around mm-hmm. 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 and and if 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 your mind is now renewed mm-hmm. to think differently then we cannot we cannot truly grasp that concept because it's not logical mm-hmm. it we we can't put a, a hand on it and say this is exactly what it is right but when we are thinking differently, mm-hmm. then we don't worry so much about the things we go through because we know it will be taken care of. Uh, when Paul and Silas, when they, when they ended up in jail, mm-hmm. you know, because they had that new mind, right. like in jail, you'd even you could, they could be sitting there thinking, we could be out there preaching the gospel. <laughs> we are stuck in here, you know, you know, and we are not even guilty. Mm-hmm. Lord, open their eyes so they can see that we are innocent. So they can let us go so we can preach your word. Right. Instead, their frame of mind, which I don't know if I would be doing that. I mean, they were in chains. Right. Yeah, it's not just like they were held somewhere. They were in prison. They were in chains. They don't know what was going to happen to them the next morning. I mean, the, 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 the jailer got special order to make sure you keep an eye on these guys. Mm. But instead, they started to keep church. Wow. They started to keep church. They started to sing and praise God. God, we are in jail, but oh, glory, hallelujah. What a wonderful place to have church. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a very different normal. That's a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And... and and God, the, 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 the funny part about it is God was in line with them because God responded. Amen. God responded. It's not like God go, oh, you know, I like your heifer, see what's going on, but, you know, I wait until tomorrow I'll tell the jailer, let you out. No, he shook the place. Mm-hmm. He yeah. shook the place. In other words, Paul and Silas, I love what you're doing. Exactly. And everything was open different way of thinking and we would never even conceive of that as an option right unless we we're thinking you know what god is here and involved wanting right. to work here on earth amen you know that, that is stirring something in me i think you you hit something really really profound here where was where was the we talk about the you know 
going into his house, mm -hmm. bringing your petition, bringing your supplication. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to church tomorrow, remember to pray for me. Right. They didn't think, you know, give me a phone so I can call up the membership so they can pray. Fast and pray so God move. Interesting. Hey. <laughs> Interesting. They didn't wait. They didn't look to someone else. They themselves decided, let's do this right here, right now in this situation. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in their minds, this is just as good as in church. Logically, they were, they were arrested, you know, thrown in jail, treated like common criminals. But the frame of mind was, oh, we're just as happy as if we are in the house of the Lord, mm -hmm. giving him praise. I don't know how many of you out there could do that. <laughs> I mean, I was in church Sunday. I felt good in church Sunday. If mm -hmm. I was thrown in jail, I could not have the same feeling. I, I would need some special attention from God to help me through that. Yeah, because all we, we look at that situation, we have a default thought and behavior. Oh, I'm in prison. Oh, what's going to happen? You know, I'm at someone's mercy. And That's right. I don't know what they're going to do to me. That's right. But God. But God. But God. But God. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, a lot to chew on from week one. And it is more like an exposition, opening up our minds to the possibility and letting God speak to us about some of these, these areas and what's possible because the kingdom of heaven is at. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. Well, with what time left, we're going to start on week two concepts. I think it was good to really dive into week one, but let's give a little bit of week two and see, see where we get to before our time runs out today. So we have three general concepts, uh, two and a half general concepts for week two. So our first concept this week, the church is not the house of God as we normally think, but it houses the house of God. What a controversial statement. <laughs> yeah. What might some people say to that statement? What? There is a house within a house? How dare you say the church is not the house of God? We all know we go to the house of God on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And if it's not the house, you know, but it houses the house, then who really is the house? Or what is the house? Or, what is or the where house? is the house? It's a, good, right. it's a good question. I think we've gotten very attached to the way we've thought about the house of God mm -hmm. uh, over our lives. But it, what if it's not exactly what the Lord intended us to think? And what if it's not exactly that? Mm. So let's start our exploration. Do you have a, a Genesis 28 somewhere nearby? In Genesis 28, we know it's Old Testament, but it's the story of Jacob's encounter with heaven even before Jesus was on this earth. And I uh, will read a few of these verses. Genesis 28, you can start with verse 12 and read mm -hmm. to verse 17. Verse 12. As he slept, he dreamt of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. 
and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. <laughs> At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south. Mm -hmm. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God and the very gateway to heaven. Amen. Mm. What a beautiful scripture. Mm. So we know that Jacob was not in his house. Mm-hmm. You know, he was outside somewhere. Correct. And he fell asleep, had this vision, mm-hmm. either or, or both. And he saw something that connected heaven to earth. They described it as a ladder mm-hmm. with angels ascending and descending. Right. And then God spoke to him and, you know, gave him promises and told him what was going to be his future. And then when he woke up, he said, wow, this Wow, what just happened? How similar is his experience to what we would love to happen for us in church? Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Back up there, Gavin. Back up there. I mean, we are in church and see a ladder straight from heaven, angels. Ascending and descending. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, where's my cell phone? <laughs> I would want to capture it on video, yeah. Oh, we would have it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Our church saw a ladder from here. Uh, you got to come to our church. Right. You know, it proves that we are the right one. <laughs> this is truly the house of God. We're seeing manifestation of of the Lord in this place. That's right. What an awesome place. Mm. We would love that. Mm -hmm. And yet, God manifested, angels appeared, there was this presence, this manifestation outside where Jacob was, not in a place. Mm -hmm. And this was still Old Testament, Mm -hmm. where you would think he might have had to have been right near the ark or in the temple, something like that. But it was wherever he was, mm-hmm. there was this manifestation. Mm-hmm. And there was no uh, record that he got down and cried out to God before he went to sleep. Oh. <laughs> you know, he, he was traveling, running away from his... his uh, what what vengeance his brother might want to take out on him. Mm-hmm. And so if he could have helped it, he would not have stopped in that place. He would have gone straight to where he was headed. Mm-hmm. But it was a long journey. He was tired and he made himself comfortable. 
you know, grab a stone or a rock and I don't know how he managed that. I made a pillar out of it, pillow, slept and had that dream. If I was in his position, I probably would have said the same thing. What an awesome place. Mm -hmm. But he called it the house of God. That's interesting. That is interesting. And I think, you know, it's always interesting to see how things showed up in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But there was no denying that God was in that place where he was. That's right. And then sometimes I think we take that concept and we try to fit it into a building in these days. Okay, we build a, a structure, we call that the house of God, and we expect this to be the place where the Lord manifests himself, where we have these interactions with the Lord. <laughs> okay. It's not wrong, but is it maybe incomplete? Is it maybe skewed one way or the other? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know how I think, but we should at least look at the scripture on this. Uh, can you find... Mm -hmm. Let's start with 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. 3 and 16. Okay. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Did you not know? Hold that thought. Let's also look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. Clearly Paul was getting at something here. 16. And that, and what union can there be between God's temple and the idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Amen. Amen. So God has this concept of moving away from structures to his creation, his children. Mm -hmm. And Paul is writing in Corinthians saying, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you together are the temple of the living God? That the Holy Spirit lives in you. As opposed to in the building. So then we, we go back to the same statement. Is that it, it's a house that houses the house of God. <laughs> and when we say that, we mean that we have become the house of God. That's that right. the Spirit of God lives in us as his children when we accept Christ as our savior. Mm -hmm. So that whole, that's concept one. <laughs> mm -hmm. That, you know, the church is not, technically not the house of God, but the house of the houses of God. Mm -hmm. We will we'll discuss that some more later as well. The other concept of this week is that we live under an open heaven. Mm -hmm. Now, we often refer to a scripture, Isaiah 64, 1. Lord, would you rend the heavens and come down? 
you know, right. open up the heavens, Lord, and, and show yourself strong. Come down in, in between in our midst and, and show yourself as God. And I think that's wonderful. That's a great prayer to pray. We do want a God in our lives. But then Bill in his book pointed out that in Mark, we see something slightly different. Mm -hmm. So let us look in Mark chapter 1. St. Mark. Good old St. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. And see what they have to say about this idea. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Mm -hmm. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. This is from the NLT. Did, did it say the heavens split open or something like that? Amen. So in the Old Testament, we have people praying for the heavens to be split open. Mm -hmm. And in the New Testament, we have the heavens being split open. So do we think that the heavens are now open for us since then? <laughs> oh, man. Again, this series is to, it's made to stretch our minds and examine what we really think about God and what he's done for us. That is stretching my <laughs> And I'm sure for others, I mean, we could look and say it said it split open, but there was nothing saying that it opened and closed. That's true. That's true. So that's a different way of thinking that, okay, it split open, but it, it opened right there, never closed it. Never closed again. Mm -hmm. And you'll have some people who think, okay, yes, it opened up, but that was, that was for Jesus. Yeah, just, just such that he could say what he said, pour what he poured. And then that was it. Right. We are not going to have the same thing. I don't know. This is what the discussion is for, looking mm. at both sides of the issue. Mm. And so we have a, a few more minutes. Let's look at a couple of these questions. Maybe you have some input into some of these uh, stretch mind stretching ideas as well feel free to drop them in the comments and uh, we'll also discuss some of these points mm. so we touched on this a little bit already how do we normally think about the house of God well I uh, there was a point I learned you know uh, I've often heard my parents and people around their age group say you know it's not about the, the rocks and the and the lumber, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we are the ones that make up the body. We are, uh, we are like lively stones that build up a spiritual house. Yeah, it's lively stones. That's right. And so we were often uh, told that we got to make sure we live accordingly because we need to be that clean vessel right that's fit for for such use once you start thinking if you start thinking about the uh, the structure and and i i am uh, i am stirred in a certain way mm -hmm. in that 
many I believe now would say is not the building. <clears throat> but when you look at the the types of buildings that have gone up and the amount of money that has pumped into it and the amount of money to keep it going that's happening right now, mm -hmm. then it's almost like we are not walking the <laughs> we are not walking the, the, the talk, you know. We say it is not, but we put a lot of we, stuff in like we that. We definitely treat it yeah. as though it is. Yeah. And and, and mind you, we, if we're gonna do something, we want to present it to the best of our ability. That's very true. But we do not want to miss the point that even though we say go to church, it doesn't mean that you got to go there to find God. Mm, say that again. Just say that again. <laughs> it's not, you're not just leaving home and going there to find God. Mm -hmm. But what happens is like a collection of fire sticks or fire sparks getting together make a bigger fire. Right? You, you know, you are drawn together so you can strengthen each other. But wherever we go, you know, if we are the temple in the house, like like uh, Johnson is saying there, yeah, right within the house, when we walk to the door, it doesn't mean that <laughs> it doesn't mean that Come our temple door is closed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. For some people, it, <laughs> they their te the the temple door, their hearts sometimes are closed once they go into the building mm -hmm. i'm here now god's going to do something here and i don't really need to engage or participate in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. true true ah that's so true that's just true let's i i am here so god need to fill me up i come with a empty cup we often say that we like to say that yes yeah. You know, so Lord, fill my cup, fill it, let it run over and overflow. And uh, it makes you wonder if every week you go, <laughs> you get. <laughs> I think we have a lot of statements like that, that we maybe use in the wrong way. True, true. Right? True. Like, Lord, I'm empty, fill me up. Mm -hmm. What it probably is more geared towards is we need to be constantly filled up with the spirit and the presence of the lord not that right. we don't have anything within mm -hmm. but oh wow yeah we we definitely think we have a mindset a certain uh normal way that we think about the house of god that is entirely true mm -hmm. it's entirely true so then what might change if we think of ourselves then as the house of god instead of the building Ooh. I like what you said about you bringing the house into the, the other house, but mm -hmm. closing off the house. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're really turning my mind to think, okay, what if we were to bring, you know, the Holy Spirit that's in us into the house where all the houses are together, but we are open. You know, we are engaged. We are interacting with letting the Holy Spirit move and flow through us as the house of the Holy Spirit, as opposed to trying to find him in the building. I think it would really change how we view and, gatherings. And I would be very important to us because this, the, the scripture implies that we really shouldn't 
come to the house of God, you know, that temple, mm -hmm. that sanctuary, empty-handed. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So when, when, when we sing, how empty we come, if we are the temple of God, you know, we are actually saying that God left me long ago. <laughs> God left me and so <laughs> I am <laughs> you know, if he is in us, we can't be empty. Amen. Amen. But if you don't believe that he's in you, you'll believe that you're empty. And <laughs> and if you're thinking that if you're thinking that, for example, uh, I once learned this story, you know, that this healthy guy went to a country mm -hmm. and had somebody read his, uh, his uh, fortune or his horoscope. Okay, yeah, yeah. Healthy, successful man. The person told him, you're going to take sick and die within the year. The healthy man came home. Mm -hmm. He couldn't get that out of his mind and guess what? He took sick and died within the year. No. Now somebody would say that woman was really seeing. But what happened, it affected the mind and he started to behave uh -huh. the way he thought. Ah. So if you if if you think there's nothing in you, then you come to church, I am really dry inside. Mm -hmm. But you got up in the morning and go, glory to God, thank you for saving grace. Lord, you know, make your abode in me. But then you meet them at the door and they will say, Lord, <laughs> the frame of mind, I, 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 I can see hmm. that kind of concept. Yeah, I think a lot of, like you said, what we think comes out in how we behave. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we want to behave differently, if we want to see different things happening, we may have to change how we see things, how we think about things. Mm -hmm. True, true. So maybe we, we, we should stop saying, God, come down the churches and call the people together and say, come on. Oh. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> right? Because we just, we just had this short but discussion on... You know, were the heavens open or not? Did the spirit come down or not? That's right. Are we still crying for the heavens to be open and Lord come down? Yeah. Well, yeah. As a, as a father, does it bother you when your kids keep asking for things that you have already given them? Of course. No. Maybe one time I go, I already given you. Maybe two times because I love them. Mm -hmm. But about the third time I'll be asking, you never hear when I said the other times that, you know, go look for it. I gave it to you. What about you parents who are watching or listening online? How many times would it take for you to be irritated if your kids kept asking you for something that you've already given and provided for them? Here's a provocative thought. When you could be asking for something else, <laughs> mm -hmm. you're asking for something that you already have. Wow. And if, you're, if you continue asking for the same thing, that means you never received or appreciated the thing that you've already given? Because you can, if, cause you see, if you see that you have it, 
Mm -hmm. You will not go pray for it. You will give thanks for it. Mm -hmm. Here we go. But if you give keep thanks. if you keep asking for it, mm -hmm. and especially if it's there in your life, mm -hmm. it means that you uh, don't have the eyes to see it, mm -hmm. or you become blinded to it. So it's like you're not maybe doing your inventory, you know, maybe open the door, you know, why light the lamp, search <laughs> your, see if it's not there. Yeah, look, really look. So then if, if the frame of mind changes, then we won't do as much asking as giving praise. Because mm -hmm. I think we underestimate how much God has already given us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's every day we should be thankful. Yeah, every day we have things to th thank God for. Sometimes we don't perceive or understand, or sometimes we don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. But you know, God has really done and provided a lot for us. True, true. But if, like, like how parents wouldn't love their kids continually asking for things that they've already given. Mm -hmm. You know, do we grieve God's heart for asking things he's already provided for us? Or do we keep asking because we've never even considered the possibility or seen that he's done these things for us? Mm -hmm. And you could stretch that into all different areas. And we won't start that conversation today, but it might be a good pickup conversation for next week. You know, what are some of the things that maybe God has already provided that we keep asking for? What has he already given that maybe we are not seeing or understanding? Maybe our minds haven't been open to perceive what he's done for us. I would add to that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we also need to look at why we are asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Why we are asking for it. and Because then maybe that's why we are not seeing it. Mm -hmm. because the reasons might be obscured why we are asking for it but if we are asking such that we can bless others Amen can you imagine if we already have it and not blessing others thinking we don't have it if God has given it wouldn't we want to know that he has <laughs> I think that's the worst thing to have a gift that you've received but you don't know about yet yeah that's like having a, a brand new Mercedes sitting on your driveway <laughs> and race past it to go catch a bus. I promise you, none of us would miss that new car in our driveway. I promise you. Oh, wow. But what if? What if we miss the car in our driveway to go catch the bus? Yeah. yeah. I think, again, we're going to close it here. Stop it here. There are more questions and discussions we could have, but that's already lots to chew on. Especially if some of you haven't thought of these things before or haven't ever, you know, looked at things in this way. You could be feeling really challenged right now. And that is a lot already to think on, mull over. You can review some of the scriptures we talked about tonight and, uh, you know, even reference other materials. But I think there really is something to these these quite these probing questions very true and very true. if we let go of our biases you know don't just refuse them immediately but search them out see you know where is the truth of this mm -hmm. i think we are onto something 
uh, very big here. We could be, but can't rush it. It could be there and you don't notice it. We don't want to miss it either. No, it's yours. <laughs> we, we might think it's here, but not for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's lots of this. So we, this is a good place to pause mm -hmm. and maybe take the next week to think on these things. Because, yeah, it's not, mm -hmm. this type of mind and heart work is not easy. That's right. And, you know, before we close, there are some of you out there, maybe, you said, well, they're talking about how I'm empty. Well, they don't know. They don't know how tired I am. They don't know the stress I've been through this week. They don't know. They don't know the money that's gone out of my bank account. You know, it's not to say that we don't have needs. But, you know, it's not that God, it's that God has not left us desolate. He's not left us without means or provision. And so if you're going through something today, if you feel like, you know, you need more patience from God, if you feel like you need him to provide more for your finances, if you need him to repair relationships, you know what? We can ask God and he'll give it to us. We can go to him and because he is not just a righteous judge, but also a loving father, Amen. he will care for you and provide the things that you need. So I'll just say, say a short prayer for the needs and then you can close afterwards to end our session tonight. Mm -hmm. And so God, I thank you so much that you love all of us, your children, and that you provide good gifts to us, Lord. So I just pray for all those watching and listening today. For those who need provision, God, I pray that you'd provide for them in a mighty way. Lord, if anyone watching needs healing in their bodies, Lord, by your stripes, we were healed. And so, God, I declare healing over their bodies, God, pray that you would touch them and they would make a complete recovery. Lord, if there are people whose relationships are broken, God, I pray that you would touch and soften hearts and that there would be reconciliation and peace in situations of turmoil. God, we thank you that you want the very best for us and that you are with us even through these difficult situations. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, and just to close off here, you know, thank you guys for for watching, for tuning in. Mm -hmm. You know, we enjoy you uh, sharing your points of view and listening to us. And, you know, just allow your heart to mull these things over. These are the times that God really speaks when we mull his words, when we meditate on them that we may grow and give him praise. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, thank you for this night, Lord, for every heart that has tuned in and for the discussions that took place. Heavenly Father, we pray, O oh God, that our minds will be open, that we will receive, and that next week we'll be here, God, again to share your words. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an excellent rest of your week. We'll see you next time for another series of CEC. Good night. Good night.